May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. May I serve with honor in the role you've given me. And may I never go beyond my place as I serve my Savior and I give you praise. Help me follow the truth and I'll be saved. May my hands be holy when I kneel in prayer. May my life be holy when I praise. Help me, Lord, respect the role you've given me. May I serve with honor all my days. Singing is one of the ways that we worship God that I think that it sadly can easily get pushed to the side. And perhaps this is something that uh, you know we don't necessarily need to, to be talking about right now in the sense of um, it already is at the, the front of our mind. Because this is one of the things that we have perhaps missed in the past uh, year plus is that gathering together and being able to sing and, and sing a lot because almost everybody has at least kind of pulled it back just a little bit as to how much we sing. But the Bible does tell us uh, in many different passages about singing and the importance of singing and, and the importance of that type of worship to God. And I want us to think about this phrase that appears in Colossians 3 that is singing to God with gratitude. And that is such a wonderful thought about how we sing to God and how that is a part of our worship. So I want us to look at some passages from the Old Testament and think about a, a few examples as well from the Old Testament and then also into the New Testament. And for us to to think about this singing, you know, after all, it's this time of year that's Christmas time and so many Christmas carols are being sung. I don't really think that there's any other time period of the year that so much emphasis is made about singing. But this time of year, it is. And this time of year, perhaps it is on our minds a little bit more. And I don't want us just to think of, of singing in general, although, yeah, that can be a fun thing for us to do. But I want us to especially think about singing as worship. But even more than that, I want us to think about how our singing in general can be singing as a form of worship. We don't always have to come together and be able to sing in order to worship God and praise God by singing. But let's face it. It definitely helps whenever we can blend our voices together and how we can we can make these beautiful these beautiful sounds with this this music that we make as we come together and as we sing these songs of praise. So let's take a look at a few passages together. One of my absolute favorite passages comes from the book of Psalms, which of course it makes sense that I would look at the book of Psalms because the Psalms it's all this poetry, all these these words of music right here. But I love Psalm 148. It's toward the very end of the whole uh, collection right there uh, of the Psalms. But listen to it. And I think it's such a wonderful um, image about all of the, the heavens praising God. Psalm 148, beginning in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the, highest, the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. 
Now, there's a song uh, in in our songbook that that I love singing. Uh, this is the songbook that we uh, that we use here uh, at our church. Uh, but I love how even the first couple of of songs are are very similar to this. Um, but I especially like the song right here. Uh, it is song three in our books, and it's called Hallelujah Praise Jehovah. And it's it's a wonderful message right here, and it pretty much goes through this same uh, Psalm hundred and and 48. And, and I love how it speaks of all the different parts of creation, praising God by, by praising him, singing out to him. I mean, you look at all of these things and in kind of this main category for all this is praise the Lord from the heavens. And we see all the different heavenly uh, bodies or beings, if you will, that are just praising God all of the time. If you want to know what that sounds like, so to speak, go out at night. Look up and see the stars. They are praising the Lord and they have a wonderful song that they are singing, so to speak. Or if you don't maybe want to go out at nighttime, you can go out during the daytime whenever the sun is shining and you hear the song that the sun or the moon sings. They are constantly praising our God. And then, of course, there's angelic, you know, heavenly beings that are also praising God. So we get all types of, of praising of our God from the heavens above. But this psalm doesn't end there. It goes on, and it's not just about praising God from the heavens, but also praising him from the earth. That's our job. Picking back up now in verse 7. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn. The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. A beautiful psalm. A beautiful psalm that talks about not just us as humans praising God, but all of creation. And if you want to hear that song, I would suggest that you just merely step outside. In fact, right now, if I'm just kind of, if I get a little quiet, even as I'm recording this video, I can hear creation praising God. Now, I can also hear some of the cars and stuff driving by around in the area, but among that extra noise, I also hear this praise of our God. That's one of the things that I love about going outside and, and listening to the, the birds sing. One of my favorite times of the year is whenever it's, it kind of gets warm during the day because I kind of like warm weather, but then whenever it's still cool in the morning. I like maybe even having to wear a, a light jacket and going outside and listening to the birds sing. What I really love is is uh, uh, my wife got this idea about um, how she wanted us to put out some bird feeders in front of our house. Wonderful idea. We love seeing them and we love listening to the song that they quite literally are singing and praising God for all that he has done, all that he has made. And sometimes it's important that we just join in in that praising of our God. And this passage right here tells us not just about the heavens praising God, but the earth praising him as well. Verse 13, I love it because it speaks about his name alone is exalted. 
That's the reason why we can, we can sing to God with gratitude. We can sing because his name alone is exalted. I mean, he is worthy of, of everything, of all of our praise. You cannot praise God enough. And his splendor is truly above the earth and it is above the heavens. And we see that image. And, and we see this, this being spoken of time and time again. And different people have communicated this in the Old Testament and given us examples of that. For, for example, if you go to the book of Exodus and you see right after this wonderful um, deliverance that God provides for his people and sends them out of the land of Egypt and the crossing of the Red Sea. You know, we, we know that, that very uh, famous miracle. But you know, in Exodus chapter 14, that's whenever they cross. In Exodus chapter 15, that's whenever we, we read about this song that they sing. They can't help but just praise God, sing this song to be able to, to remind one another of what God has done. Let's make sure that you know we take part in doing that, that we remind one another and that we can praise God just for what he has done. I also like it how whenever you turn to the pages of the New Testament, you see that as Jesus is born, which let's face it, it's this time of year and, and there's probably been a lot of talk about Jesus' birth here recently. I know if you haven't heard it from anywhere else, you've probably heard me mention it a few times here. And around this time of year, Yes, we're familiar with Christmas carols being sung, but we also can see several times in scriptures whenever people start hearing about what God is doing through Jesus Christ and their reaction is to sing some song. I want to share with you one of those songs that we get from the New Testament. In the Gospel of Luke, in Luke uh, chapter 1, uh, we get this, this beautiful image right here of, of what God's plan is is and how he's going to uh, to be able to save the world through Jesus Christ. And whenever Mary is first told about this plan of God, or at least early on whenever she's told about this plan of God, one of her first reactions is, it says that, that uh, and Mary said right here in this passage, but you know the, the heading in my Bible, and perhaps the heading in your Bible as well, it actually calls this Mary's song. Because that's what it is. It's a poetic telling about what God is doing. So in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, after Mary has, has accepted these things, and earlier in verse 38, she responds, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. She went, she visited Elizabeth, saw how things were going with Elizabeth. Then she um, can't help but praise God, and this is what she says. And Mary said, verse 46, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. That's from verses 46 on down to verse 55. And in this passage, Mary is just kind of retelling this story, praising God for what he's done, but also remembering what he has done for Israel for this nation that is going to produce the Messiah and, and this wonderful plan that God has had since before creation began and he reveals it to different people along the way. And as they hear this story, 
They praise God for what he's done. Mary gets this information about Jesus and how Jesus is going to be um, the Savior. And she can't help but just sing. She rejoices because of this news. I hope we can learn to have that type of gratitude as we sing songs of praise. Because we as Christians have so much worthy to rejoice over. And I want to share with you from another passage, this time from the writings of uh, Paul the Apostle. Whenever he speaks in Colossians 3, he is telling this church and also us as well, he's telling us about the beautiful, well, just the, the beautiful nature it is to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a follower of Christ. Let's turn there and let's, let's read some of the things he says there. In Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17, I want you to notice how he begins this. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Let, let's pause right there. Okay, because all of these, these things about God's chosen people, um, this people who is holy, these people who are dearly loved, all of these phrases have been used in times past of Israel, which, by the way, that song that Mary sang, she praised God and what he was doing through Israel. Psalm 148, guess what? That psalm toward the end, it was talking about these great things that God has done for Israel. Well, this language right here, he is most certainly talking to the church. He's talking to us. But he uses terms that were used for Israel. Well, it only stands to reason that we have become part of God's plan. We have become part of, of Israel, the chosen people of God who are holy and who are dearly loved of God. Listen to what Paul reminds us of and teaches us here. In Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's pause here before continuing on because really a lot has already been stated after he uses those terms that have, have traditionally been used for Israel but now are being used of Christians as well because we are a part of these chosen people. We are holy. We are dearly loved of God. He also tells us to clothe ourselves with these things. Put these things on. And you see this beautiful description about this, which by the way, if you want a contrast of kind of other things that people have chosen to surround themselves with and clothe themselves with, you can look previous, um, the, the few verses up, like back in verse five of the same chapter, and he lists all these, these negative things. I'm not going to go over those uh, right now, but you know, I'm sure that you know some negative things that you could of course surround yourself with. But as Christians, we're supposed to surround ourselves and fill ourselves up with these good things. Clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and forgiveness, and love. These are so important. And that, that's such a, a beautiful picture. You know, if you think about a people who can be fully clothed, fully covered in these things, you would find a wonderful group of people, wouldn't you? And of course, it only stands to reason that we see within this statement a, a bridge between, well, this season that we've just uh, come through about how Jesus was born and yes, the um, Jesus being in the manger. You know, one of the parts of that story, an interesting little little fact about that story is that he was clothed with swaddling clothes or he was wrapped in cloths, depending on what translation it is. You know, his clothes are mentioned in that passage. Isn't that interesting? 
But whenever you fast forward in his ministry, you find out that, that at one time he is going to be mocked and he's going to be hung on a cross. But shortly before that, they clothe him in a mocking way. They clothe him with an elegant robe. Luke records both of those occasions. And this passage, is, as well as those, they kind of tie this story in together about how Jesus, who was clothed in, in swaddling clothes at the beginning, and then he was clothed with an elegant robe right before his, his crucifixion. We see that kind of in between those two things, this is the life of what Jesus has done. He's come into this world and he has shown us a, a better way and he gave up his own life. And then we ourselves have also been, been told, clothe yourselves with these things. The only reason why we can truly clothe ourselves with these is because of the example that God has given us. I mean, after all, even in verse 13, it talks about forgiving people. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did he forgive you? He died on that cross. And even from the very beginning of, of the, the baby in a manger, you find out that as you fast forward, he's going to be a man who dies on a cross. That was for our forgiveness of sins. That's the type of forgiveness that we are called to show one another too. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. We are called to be this type of people, to forgive, to love, to have this type of unity. And how can we do that? Several different ways. But let's keep reading here, and we'll find out some of them at least. Verses 15 through 17 now. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This passage at least tells us some ways that, that we can do these things. We've been called to peace, and how can we do this? How can we be these types of people? How can we clothe ourselves with these things? One of the ways is by verse 16 about letting this message, letting this word of Christ dwell among us. How do we do that? Well, we need to teach each other. We need to admonish one another with all of this wisdom through the singing of psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, all these different types of things. We need to be people who sing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And as we sing to one another, we're teaching one another. We're helping each other out. We're encouraging one another. This is all part of what singing is to be done, the reasons for it. We are singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. But as we sing to God, we can also benefit from it and help one another. We can benefit from it, but we can also help other people to benefit from it. And whatever we do, whether we're singing, whether we're silent, whether we're whatever we are doing, we need to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can we praise God just like all of creation? The heavens praise him. Things on earth praise him. We need to be people who will praise him as well. Praise him for his wonderful plan of salvation, that he has sent us a savior, that he has called us to this type of life, Let's make sure that we clothe ourselves. Whatever clothing you wear, clothe yourselves with these great things of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, love, and peace. Can we be that type of people? I think we can, and I think we should. I believe that's the calling that we have been given from God.
Let's make sure that we sing and praise him. Whatever we do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. To me.